Good evening and welcome everyone to the weekly show. Hear me out. We're your host Hector Montemayor Perez and Betsy Esparza, where we're going to choose a couple topics that benefit and intrigue the community here in the Tri-County area. This week's song, chosen by Betsy herself, is Don't Do Me Like That by Tom Bet Tom Petty, not Betty. <laughs> Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Um first off, a little bit about my weekend uh I actually had to go to Austin on some family issues. Uh, I helped Anon out because she had to take a flight to Chihuahua. Uh, but other than that, I mean, at least I got to hang out with some friends in in Austin. Of course, every, we're all, we were all vaccinated and we're all chill. But uh, so awesome to be vaccinated. Yeah, it was. it's definitely a relief to get to see. Even then, I think we were still kind of in our heads about it. So we were still only like, at most, we were six people. Right. But, uh, yeah, we had, like, two birthdays to celebrate on that same weekend, so we had it was a lot of cake. I came back a little pound. There's, there's yeah. never too much cake. Yeah, but, I mean, I did come back, like, about three, four pounds heavier, I think. I love birthday cake. <laughs> yeah, Betsy, how was your weekend? It was good. So we also, Joe and I, um, took kind of our first post-vaccination foray out into the world, and we went to Riedosa, New Mexico for a long weekend, and it was so beautiful. I had never been there. It's it's so cool to see mountains with trees we have mountains but we don't have trees and then the mountain the ski mountain right still has snow on it it was getting it was kind of melting we could sort of see it that it was melting away as as uh, as the weekend came to a close but really so beautiful and then they had they have a you know downtown kind of a tourist strip and um we were at a restaurant and asked our waitress there were there were several buildings that were closed or there there wasn't a business in them so we had asked her if that was related to covid or or what the deal was and she said that that was like covid closures which made us really sad and um i hope that i hope that they can recover from that because it's a beautiful place it's yeah, a beautiful I, place um there was a story about a band by the fergusons that they're going to be playing at this week's uh, midweek mercantile and I was in band in Presidio High School, and one of the trips, Miss Ferguson uh, would always have a trip every year, and then every four years, she would have one big trip. So basically, everybody, if you were in band, you at least got one big right, trip yeah. during your high school time. For me, it was my junior year, and we went to St. Louis was the big trip. But then before that, we went to Ridoso twice. So that's when I got to experience that. But it was in the winter, so it was full of snow, and it got to snow. I, I, yeah, yeah, it's probably a totally different place in the winter. Yeah. Still probably as many people, right? Because people go there for... All the snows and... To ski. And like, to ski and yeah. sled and snowball fights. And I don't know. I'm a desert kid. I don't know what many people do in the snow. <laughs> it's entertaining for a couple of hours, and then you kind of don't know what to do with yourself. Yeah, a lot of slipping, yeah. believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so are you ready? Definitely. Okay. 
So we don't have any guests today, although I did bring my opinions, if we want to pretend that they're kind of guests, although I do take them with me everywhere. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to first today talk about um, Sean David Watson, who mm -hmm. um, was, or I guess turned himself into the police department last week, um, following um, an arrest affidavit from the FBI for his participation in the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. Um, he, he is not here. I have not interviewed him. Um, and, but according to the affidavit, he has admitted that he was there. There are pictures of him there. Um, so I, I don't think that it's, it's necessary to corroborate that. I mean, this is a, this is a sworn affidavit. Right. So, um, there was a CBS interview. Right. And he, interview. right. And he yeah. has told media before that, that, um, he was there. Um, and I, I just kind of want to talk about this more in general terms because it came up again because he right. turned himself in. Um, and I, and, um, it, there are days where it feels like the January 6th riots aren't getting enough attention. And then there are days where I, where we, we hear about it a lot. I guess it just sort of depends on, um, if something newsworthy related to January 6th happened. Um, but I, I wanted to talk about it um, because it was so outrageous. And to me, there are only a few days in the history of this country that are worse days than January 6th. Um, and the fact that so few people, there were so few deaths, which were, they were tragic. They were absolutely tragic. But I think it's a miracle that there weren't more. There were people arrested with guns and bomb making supplies. No, continue. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, continue. <laughs> uh, um, and I, I wanted to talk about how I appreciate the the dogged work of the FBI, and other law enforcement agencies who who aren't letting it go. Um, and there were people there that were beating police officers with flagpoles, and there were there is video of police officers screaming and writhing in pain there are pictures and video of people wearing t-shirts that represent that they believe that not enough uh jewish prisoners were killed in the holocaust it is outrageous to me um it was violent it was a horrible horrible day and people have to be held accountable um for actions that are normally reserved for uh, uh, dictatorships in third world countries. This is something that shouldn't happen in America. And because he was arrested or turned himself in last week and was then arrested, uh, it just gave me the opportunity to kind of weigh in on this because it, it's a big deal. And I think that it's sort of being whitewashed and um, put into terms that it maybe wasn't that big of a deal because quote, not that many people died. I mean, I, I hear that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I, I know that the many of the people who participated that day consider themselves patriots. And he is, in fact, quoted as saying that it was the proudest day of his life. And I think the people who participated that day are criminals and that they should absolutely be held accountable. 
And I hope that he has a good lawyer because I want justice to be served and I want it to be done right. And I, I hope that he is well represented because this is America and that's how we do it. And go through the process. Right. Right. Um, that's what I wanted to say about that. <laughs> Very well. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about today, and there's not so much opinion here. This is, this is all fact. Um, and that is our low voter turnout in our local elections. It is abysmal. And that, that's a fact. So um, I have some figures here. And I do want to, I, I, I also, I want to go on record as saying there, this, there's no, nothing against the candidates, nothing against the administrations of the city or the school district or, or whoever is holding these elections. Right. This is on we the people. If we don't show up, this is what happens. We, we get this low turnout and you have a tiny, tiny portion of our community making decisions for everyone. And um, the, the people who won their elections worked hard for them and they deserve yes, to win. I definitely. Mean, they, and I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that we have candidates, but, we, but not for all of the elections. So, the, uh, for example, the, the school district hadn't had a contested election since 2017. They had the bond election in 2018, but that's in November. And so the so turnout's a lot bigger in, in the November elections. So you can't that's kind of comparing apples and oranges. And it was a special election. So I'm not I'm not using those figures. But amongst the board of trustees, there had not been a contested election since 2017. They had two uh, this year. So that's good. I'm glad that we had contested elections. That's how democracy works. I never want to see an uncontested election. Um, but for example, let's look at these uh, these figures. So a total of 101 people voted in District 3. And that is like... Uh, where is that? I'm sorry. My picture's kind of small. Um, well, let's just, let's go into this other one. So, and then in District 4, a total of 64 votes in the entire election. And in District 3, there are 898 registered voters. In District 4, there are 745. So, a total of 7.5%. Of the Actually, registered voters. That registered voters, first of all, mm -hmm. but also people that actually went to vote seven, about 7%, you right. said? Yeah. So there's so in total, there were 1,645 people eligible, eligible to vote in this last election. Only 124 people voted. So 124 people are uh, speaking for 1,600 Right. That's not good. That's not how it's supposed to work. Um, we need it. We need people to show up. Definitely. I mean, we we pride ourselves, I think, in being able to have this wonderful process of democracy. And as we all know, you know, in a barbecue and and in a, a bar or like uh, just any event, we always have our opinions on 
well, why does this not run sure. this way? And so I think it's kind of that we ha- definitely have to be able to kind of walk the walk right. as as citizens. Again, nothing against the actual people who ran. Right. You know, they did their work. They they all they came in also to KVLF and they did everything they could. Right. But um, I mean, it's more like on the citizens is what we're talking about. Right. And again, not even then we're not going directly going, well, we, pe- you know, yeah. they're saying on anybody specific, but it's important to be able to vote for me. You know, um, for me, I, I came in kind of also curious about, because I still, you know, my license, I'm still registered to that. I live in Presidio. I mean, I moved here in October. I'm only leasing here for a little bit and then seeing how long I stay and things like that. But also, uh, a lot of, students here they don't count and so ross unless they're like born raised in alpine and they have an address here well they and they can register to vote here oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh yeah they go down to the voter registration office at the courthouse and they can they can vote here. so they say they have like mm-hmm. a so ross like they're just studying here but they can vote here right oh see i didn't know that yeah. because in at texas state i was when i was in san marcus i was like well i'm only here for a little bit yeah. and then i wasn't as involved but oh well, that's good. Yeah, but they can, they again, can, they can vote here. But I think a lot of them um, will um, also just get um, mail-in ballots. Although the law mm-hmm. is changing on that as well. So, but uh, when I was in college, I would get a mail-in ballot for for Brewster County, and I would still vote in, in Brewster County. Right. But I could have just registered in San Angelo when I was in college and voted there instead. But I just kept voting locally for a while. I was okay. more interested in the races still here, Back home I guess, than I was like yeah. in San Angelo because it's kind of you know, it's home. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's go over the city elections as well. Um, ward Ward Three was uncontested, so that's a canceled election. So there was just one in five uh, this year, and they also held their last election in November. Because of COVID, so their their regular May election got postponed, and they held it in November. Again, you get a much much bigger turnout in November than you do in May because it's the gen like the presidential election right. in general and all right, that. right. And so even on a, in a presidential year, uh, you get more. So in twenty twenty, no November twenty twenty, let's say, uh, turnout's bigger than it is during the midterms in twenty eighteen. So. In, in other words, may, any presidential election, if the elections coincide with those, it's absolutely astronomical, the difference, because... Still not... Well, yeah. the difference well, is astronomical, yeah, the but difference, the turnout is still very turnout, low. turnout, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think uh, Texas is in the lowest 10 in turnout uh, in all of 50 all 50 states. states. Oh. Yeah, Texas just has terrible voter turnout. Um and we got to change that. And that's a, that no one can change that but us. We have right. to show Locally. up. We have to show up. Um, so in Ward 1, voter turnout was 13%. 122 people voted. Sorry, that's early voting only. Um, 20%. 177 of the 908 registered voters. So that's better. That's better. And in Ward 5, 10%, 101, almost exactly 10%, 101 of the 1,001 people. Oh, wow. <laughs> so total total turnout of 14.56% in the city election. Just not great. Just not great. Um, 
low voter turnout and uncontested elections are not signs of a healthy democracy. Right. Uh, but we're just back to democracy. Um, we we have to do better. We have to do to do better. And I hate to come here without uh, solutions. Um, but, but maybe this could be like the powder keg that like <laughs> maybe, starts off the yeah. conversation towards a solution, like as as many things do. I mean, sure. a lot of ideas just start off with um, just kind of acknowledging the the issue first. Yeah. I mean, voter drives, all those kinds of things. I mean, people do that kind of stuff, and silver turnout remains low, and it's it's a statewide problem. It's really you know it's really a problem across the country, but Texas really has just such a such an abysmal voter turnout, just election after election. And like you said, you go to a barbecue or a bar or whatever, and, so, and, and something has happened, and people are mad, and they want, to vote, they want to vote them all out. Let's get them all out of there. And even that doesn't happen. You end up with canceled or uncontested elections. Right. And I don't want to see that. Even if, even if I had a friend who was running or knew somebody who was running, I don't want to see an uncontested election. I want to see people eager to to be a part of things and e- and eager to add to solutions and, and to bring more voices to the table because things things get better when we when we have more people at the table. Well, I'm curious about this because you held public office as uh, we've talked about before and what do you th- Well, first I want to talk about what made you really want to go through the process and say, "Okay, I'm doing it." And then be why do you think people get deterred a lot of actually going? Oh yeah, from voting. Sorry. From from running. Oh, from running. Oh, um, well, I haven't had to do my elevator pitch in quite a while, Hector. About why? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I felt like I had um, a, a I felt like I had something to bring to the table with the experience that I had working at the courthouse. Um, I. I felt like I had seen and done a lot. And so I had. Uh, like a general knowledge of how. Right. You know, yeah. And an institutional and knowledge of, yeah, of a lot of things. And then being a reporter before that, mm-hmm. I had covered just years and years of meetings. And I just I, I, I just felt like I had a good grasp of what was going on and, and, and of the direction that people wanted to move in. And I come from a family of people who have um, been in public service in mm. It's just, it was just kind of in my blood. I also, if, I, if I'm being completely honest, wanted to know if I could win. I mean, I, it was just right. kind of something I wanted to know. If I do this, can I win? And um, I, there was kind of a science to it almost in my, uh, my, uh, my own science that, <laughs> that I had kind of developed to um, figure like out how to a run campaign. a campaign. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it was just interesting to, to me. And it... And I, I thought I could win by 300 votes, and I won by 298. And wow, so I, very, very I was pretty close. Yeah. I, I was pretty close. And, and it, the kind of the science of those numbers was interesting to me. Um, I think people, it, it is not hard to be deterred from running from office when you see um, kind of what people end up having to put up with. Right. It's not hard. It isn't. People may consider it for a minute, and then when they get a little bit of a dose of reality, it's it's hard. It's not. It's not easy. It's hard work. And there's, you 
you've got to be pretty thick skinned, which if, also, if I'm being honest, I am not. Um, and you got to be ready to, to put up with, with quite, with a lot of opinions. And, um, I, so I, I don't, I don't, I, that can understand a lot, a lot of times what, why people wouldn't want to do it. Um, do you ever feel like the time of it, like the time, like the time constraints of it? No, never. Really? Mm -mm. That was one thing that I was very curious. I wonder if people kind of, I mean, I imagine, right. It's like, oh, well, I wouldn't have time. Yeah. Um, no, I, 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 I never felt like it took up too much time ever. I was, I enjoyed it. I was, I was interested Mm -hmm. in doing, I was interested in being there. Um, and I was, and I liked talking to people and, um, I just think that government is just generally interesting. I know that's not, I know that. Not everybody's cup of tea. There's a, I mean, it's probably not most people's cup of tea. Yeah. Um, but you know what is cup, everybody's cup of tea? You know, the roads they drive. Right. The, the, the businesses that's, that are going right. on, the. The water the events, that turns on. Yeah, the they, water that turns yeah. on, the electricity that went out, you know, how, like, what, like two, three months ago already, mm-hmm. like. You know, that is everybody's cup of tea. And beyond that, the taxes that they pay. I yeah, mean, the taxes that they pay, the yeah. money that they have to whisk away and how much they have, you know, the neighborhoods they live in, the, sure. the crime rates. That is everybody's cup of tea, which is, again, why, like you said, like voter turnout, you know, even if running isn't kind of something that you may be like. Because also if, if you know, 20 people are running for one position, it can get kind of noisy and jobless and then oh somebody won by three votes because 60 votes were placed and you know yeah things like that but still everybody's cup of tea is what's going on and again comes back to that barbecue conversation and things like that and so voter turnout what what do you think people could do or what do you think would be the first step to kind of start getting that conversation or start getting those solutions up on the table. You know, I think I kind of agree with you when you said earlier, more conversations like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's kind of the mission of this show is to help people get kind of a deeper dive and better understanding of what's happening right here. Sometimes things that are in Austin or DC or some other place seem distant and like there's, there's, there's nothing I can really do about that. But when you, when you start here, and you understand from the ground up, right? It starts things start to make more sense to people. And I think we we have to have more conversations, and we have to have more voices, and we have to hear each other, and we have to be willing to listen to the other side. Yeah, that's another important distinction too is being able to listen and kind of uh, because I remember when I was in the debate team in in high school that the first thing we did when we found out, okay, you're your job is to fight about this side or explain this side. The first thing we would do, we wouldn't even look at what we had to talk about. We would look at what the opponents were yeah. and what, what they had to do. And that's kind of transferred onto my, uh, to how I think a lot now, whenever I look at a story, um, I always think, okay, well, what are they trying to say first? Because as a reporter, you know, as you know, like you have to think of the story first, not you have to kind of put up a wall between your, emotions and your biases and then now you have to say okay well what are their what's their story what's that going on about right and that's also helped me to whenever i talk in in those you know when i was this weekend when i was in austin like those uh friends as well were 
some of course politics came up and things like that but being able to go okay well let me see their side first and seeing how everything developed that way it's something that is healthy because maybe the best way to look at it is what do we have in common first and then spring from there you know a lot of people can say oh well we you know i'm sure everybody can agree for example we we want all the potholes fixed <laughs> right which we talked about last week right. uh with uh the city manager mr zimmer but uh then we go okay well how do we get that solution well we have to make sure we get this and this and this well you know what now we know that even though you live on you know buck street and i live on fifth street that we have to go through the city manager and say hey you know what let me get a survey together because that's the conversation or you know we have go to the your ward and say right. hey you realize like there's a street that i've seen a lot of traffic now maybe next year's budget or the year after that you should re redo that road like we talked about and those are the com that none of that happens unless there's that proper information out there in those conversations which then leads into the voting where they say well hey you have concrete evidence of why to vote or who to vote or who not to vote with and a more educated population in the process really brings in that change that we so desire that we do talk in those barbecues and sure. things like that. Sure. And uh, and to learn to temper our expectations a little bit. No, nothing's going to change overnight. Yeah. Definitely. Nothing's going to happen overnight. We've got to be patient with each other and patient with the process. And... Um, Get up and make the right decision every day. Right. Um, and know that if I do my part and everybody else does their part and we all we all get up and make the right decision every day, we can we can move forward. We're not gonna we're not gonna always agree on how to get there. It's a point wherever B. there may be. But if we're all getting up and making the right decision every day, we'll get there. We'll get there somehow. Definitely. So definitely whenever there's another election, go out to vote. Show up. Yeah show up because there's those no numbers excuse. need there's to be early voting there's, there's early voting of, there's all, there's sorts, all of sorts of ways yeah. yeah and always be informed and just a call away two weeks before the elections you know it takes one afternoon two hours research what's going on call up people and see what's going on so right definitely Brewster county alpine let's get it let's <laughs> let's all get it together let's let's bring that rate up we want to be in the headlines like well texas has been low but <laughs> You know what? There's this one county, there's one town <laughs> right. that they, for some reason we can't explain it. Voter turnout is 95%. Yeah. Well, in reality, it'll be perfect because this is a magical place, right? <laughs> and this is, it's a, it'll all be perfect in a couple of years. Right. But, uh, good luck. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's about it. That wraps it up. Thank you, Alpine and Brewster County, the area, the world, for listening in, tuning in, whether it be online or. Through the airwaves, this is KVLF 98.7 FM, 1240 AM. Hear me out with Betsy Esparza and Hector Montemayor Perez. Hope you have a great evening, and we'll catch you next week. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming right after this quick commercial break. City of 